Mother. Oh, thanks, Mother. We're having company for dinner. Yes, Lucille Baxter. I think you met her at Barbara's reception. A very attractive girl with red hair. That's right. Now I can show off my new dessert spoon. What else? America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate, presents The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. See that man and the two boys walking down Rogers Road? That's Ozzie Nelson and his two sons, David and Ricky. David is 12 now, and yes, it doesn't seem possible, does it? Ricky is 8. Say, Ozzie seems rather concerned about something. I've never heard of such a thing in all my life. Me either. Me either. Just can't understand it. Never heard of a football exploding before. Yeah, but don't forget, Pop, you sat on it pretty hard. It sure scared me. What do you think it did to me? I sit down to read the paper and a football explodes under me. Glad it wasn't a basketball. I'd probably still be going up. <laughs> like this would be dangerous. I think we ought to write a letter to the manufacturers. At least get your money back. What did the football cost you, Ricky? Twenty-nine cents. <laughs> of course, you can't expect too much for 29 cents. Guy, there's the kind of football I'd like. Look at that one, Ricky. That's the kind they use in real football games. Let's buy that one, huh, Pop? Now, wait a minute, boys. I can't tell anything about a football by looking at it through the window. Like to feel the weight of it, examine the leather, look at the stitching. See how much it costs. <laughs> Come on, Pop. Let's go in. Boy, Ricky, look at all those baseball bats. Can we have one of those, too? Uh, one season at a time, David. We're just getting a football. And don't handle things. Hey, David, look at these over here. Uh, how do you do? I'd like to buy a football for my boys. Sorry, I'm just a customer. Oh, oh I, uh, pardon me. I've been trying to get hold of the salesman myself. He seems to be pretty busy. See, I, I'm sorry to be staring so, but you look awfully familiar. I was just thinking the same thing about you. I remember now, Rutgers, class of 32. Of course, you're uh, uh, Bruce Manchester. N just a minute now, don't tell me. I've got it. Nelson. Right. Of course, Nelson. Schnozzy Nelson. <laughs> no, no, Ozzy. Oh, of course, Ozzy Nelson. <laughs> well, let me look at you. My golly, you haven't changed a bit. Put on a little weight, maybe. Oh, this is a pretty heavy suit I'm wearing. Are you living here now, Bruce? No, no. I just came in town for a few days. Going to do a little hunting. Oh, that's right. You're quite the boy on the rifle team, aren't you? Well, I wasn't the best. You weren't so bad yourself on the, uh... uh the football see. team. Oh, uh, yes, yes. But there was something else. You always carried something with you. Uh, I know, the ukulele. Oh, well, I wasn't the best. Uh, uh, what have you been doing, Bruce? Oh, I was flying transports in China for a few years. That got pretty tiresome. 
Yes, it does get on a guy's nerves. Then I spent a little time in Arabia and South America for an oil company. Then I went through the Congo with a zoological expedition. What have you been doing? Well, uh, uh, every Wednesday night I go bowling. <laughs> I'm married. In fact, those are my two boys over there by the counter. Oh, sure. Say, the little fellow looks a lot like you, Oz. Yeah. Uh, well, you can't see him too well. Uh, Ricky, stop pressing your face against that tennis racket. <laughs> Who did you marry, Ozzy? Well, the girl I used to go with. You remember? Oh, sure. That short, fat little girl. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Fanny. That was a name. No, no, no. That, that was just a nickname. No, I, I really didn't go with her. She was uh, just a, a good dancer. Don't you remember Harriet? Harriet? Of course. You married her? Yes, sir. I know you're always chasing her around with your ukulele. <laughs> How'd you ever do it? Well, she finally caught me. <laughs> How about you? Not married, are you? No, not me. I'm afraid I'm the perennial bachelor. Oh, same old Bruce. Still the old woman hater. Mm, don't hate him. Just don't see any sensible reason for having him around. Where's this one, Pop? He's kind of odd, boy. Genuine pigskin. Well, we'll see in a minute, fellas. Uh, this is David and this is Ricky, Bruce. This is Mr. Manchester, an old school friend of your dad's. Hello, fellas. Hello, oh, hi. Well, we'll have to get together real soon then, Bruce. I'm staying down at the Elks Club. Why don't you give me a call? Do you do much hunting? Mm, no, Bruce, I'm not much with a gun. You got your chicken once, Pa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't shoot him, David. I ran over him with the car. Well, I'll give you a ring, Bruce, and maybe we can do something. Sure thing. Nice seeing you again, Ozzy. <laughs> But if I find anybody throwing it around the living room, I'll stick a hat pin in it. Oh, it was really my fault. I'll stick the hat pin in you. <laughs> Come on, Rick. Let's go outside and play. Careful the windows, boys. Harriet, you'll never guess who we bumped into at the sports shop. Bruce Manchester. Bruce Manchester? Yeah, you remember Bruce from school. We went on double dates with him all the time. We used to go up and park at Inspiration Point. I've never been to Inspiration Point. <laughs> Oh, that's right. It was Bruce and myself and Fanny, uh, Danny and Bob. <laughs> the four of us guys from astronomy class used to go up there. Was he that black-haired fellow who always used to smoke a pipe? Yeah, that's right. The, the good-looking guy, big outdoor stuff. He's going on a hunting trip, staying down at the Elks Club for a few days. Well, why didn't you ask him out for dinner? Bruce? Oh, I doubt if he'd want to come. He's strictly the confirmed bachelor type. He'd be bored to death having dinner here. I've invited Lucille Baxter over. I don't think he'd be exactly bored to death. Oh, I get it now. Will you tell me one thing? Why do women always have to be matchmakers? The minute you find out a friend of mine is in town, an eligible bachelor, you think of some girl you can call I up... invited Lucille over a week ago. Even before he's in town, you ask her over. <laughs> I don't be so silly. You haven't seen Bruce for years. And if you do invite him over, I'm sure you'll find Lucille much more interesting than the Elks Club. Harriet, it's no use. Bruce has more sense than to get himself hooked. That isn't very flattering, dear. Do you feel you were hooked? Oh, no, of course not. But, well, you know what those matchmaking deals can be. With us, it was different. I proposed. Nobody tried to push me into it. You invited me over for dinner. I remember it very well. I got the invitation from your Uncle Slug, the policeman. <laughs> 
never had an Uncle Slug, and he wasn't a policeman. Yeah, I guess he wasn't actually a policeman. He just used to go with them a great deal. <laughs> I can assure you, dear, nobody's trying to hook poor Brucey boy. Oh, no, I see that gleam in your eye, that matchmaking complex. Have you forgotten what Lucille looks like, dear? Men take one look at her and lose their mind. I know, but not this guy. He's strictly the bachelor type. I dare you to invite him over. I double dare you. If you want to call him, go right ahead. I'm just trying to prevent an awkward situation. Thank you, dear, but we accept the challenge. I'll go call him. Hi, Oz. Beautiful day, huh? I think so, Thorny. It's a little too windy for me. Oh, this is the kind of day I like. That wind's from the west. I don't care where it's from. It's too cold for me. <laughs> you don't understand, Oz. When the wind's from the west, it blows the leaves off my lawn onto your lawn. <laughs> sour about today? Oh, it's nothing important, really. A, a bachelor friend of mine's in town, so Harriet immediately decides to cook up some matchmaking deal with a girlfriend of hers. I just hate to see the poor guy get hooked. Oh, one of those deals, huh? Reminds me of the way Catherine hooked me. Would you care to hear about it, Oz? Mm, no, not especially. Not. It was very clever. <laughs> she invited me over for Thanksgiving dinner and had the preacher hiding in the turkey. <laughs> Why is it that women are always trying to push people together and get them all married? Oh, there's nothing wrong with marriage. It's a great institution. I believe every man should be happily married, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Thorny, but this is a little different. This is a fiendish, typically feminine scheme. Here is a guy, a happy bachelor, lives at the Elks Club, eats in restaurants. So Harriet's going to cook this guy a home-cooked dinner. I bet she's making those candied yams. Yeah? And a roast all spiced up. She cooks it with bay leaves and with thick brown gravy. And I'm leading this poor guy right into the trap. Oz, how could you? He could be eating at the Elks Club or the drugstore. Oh, the poor devil. Missing one of those drugstore dinners. <laughs> He's also having fruit salad. With that thick whipped cream on top? Yeah, and hot biscuits with butter and, and apricot preserves. Oz, if I had a stick, I'd beat you. I deserve it, Thorny. And that's not the worst. Listen to this. This girl, Lucille, she's absolutely beautiful, Thorny. You know one of those, those redheads, you know, the sultry type. And here, this poor, happy bachelor, and he's going to have this beautiful girl thrown at him all evening, and it's all my fault. Oz, you monster. <laughs> I do. Well, I'm still willing to help you, Oz, even if you are a heel. Tell you what. Yeah? I've... I've lived a bad life. Oh, no. Thorny. No, no, I've, I've been bad, Oz. I, I haven't been good. I... I've been bad. Thorny, what are you talking about? I... I deserve punishment. Spare that poor boy, Oz, and invite me. <laughs> Harriet. I'm right here, dear. What do you want? Uh, I, I've been thinking things over. Maybe you'd better not call Bruce. Oh, I've already called him, and he's accepted. Isn't that nice? He definitely said he'd be here? Oh, yes. He seemed delighted. In fact, he's bringing out some new special hunting rifle he wants you to see. Oh, fine. Things aren't bad enough with a home-cooked dinner and Lucille. The poor guy's even bringing his own shotgun. <laughs>
I'll go over and stand under the Nelson's dining room windows tonight. I'd certainly like to get a look at that Lucille girl. Gosh, if she's everything Harriet says, she must be like, well, like 1847 Rogers Brothers. Sure, 1847 Rogers Brothers is completely irresistible. And it's no wonder. There's no other silver plate in the world that's so beautifully created. Into each piece goes incomparable skill and workmanship. You see that in every detail. In the lovely pattern ornaments, for example. They're more highly raised, more deeply carved. And then there are those exquisite open-work knife handles, gem-like in their finish and beauty. Only 1847 Rogers Brothers has such features so like solid silver. 1847 has extra luster, too, a special weight and balance that set it apart. When you see 1847 Rogers Brothers, you'll know it's irresistible because it's the best, the finest silver plate in America. And that's what you want. So see it at your silverware dealers tomorrow. The one and only 1847 Rogers Brothers. Hurry, hurry, hurry. This way, ladies and gentlemen, for the big contest of the evening. That super-duper colossal conflict that's been going on since the dawn of history. Man. Versus woman. In a little city somewhere in America tonight, a titanic struggle is about to take place. I'm Bruce Manchester, Rutgers 32. I'm the woodsy outdoor type. I like tweed jackets, a good pipe, and the smell of a wet water spaniel. I'm a bachelor, and I hope to stay that way. Oh, driver, take me to 1847 Rogers Road. I'm Lucille Baxter. At present, I'm basking in single blessedness, but I must admit I'm looking for the right man. Harriet! Lucille, come on in, dear. Yes, folks, there you have it. What will happen when the irresistible force meets the immovable object? Will Mr. Manchester give Miss Baxter the cold shoulder? Or will lovely Lucy cook Bachelor Brucey's goosey? <laughs> He told me you were having company for dinner. He said something about a hotter. Yes, uh, she's a friend of Mrs. Nelson's. <laughs> oh, how exciting. I, I'm a little worried. See, it's going to be a very intimate party, just, just the four of us. And this friend of mine, Bruce Manchester, is a bachelor. And I don't think... A bachelor? He... Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Do that again, please. Of course. Thank you. Uh, you see, the girl who's coming over is Mrs. Nelson's friend, Lucille Baxter. And Mrs. Nelson has ideas about interesting my friend in her friend. Well, of course. After all, Mrs. Nelson is a woman. You know, several people have mentioned that. Frankly, Emmy, I feel that it's my duty not to let my friend get hooked with, without at least a struggle. Oh, Mr. Nelson, you're so naive. What chance do you stand against a woman? You're only a man. Nothing but a man. 
What do you mean? It got me into the YMCA. Oh, but, but you men don't have our cunning, our trickery. Trickery? That's an idea. Trickery of all's fair in love and war. What are you going to do? Emmy Lou, just keep this in mind. I'm not quite as stupid as a lot of people think I am. Oh, I know, Mr. Nelson. I keep saying that. And you should hear some of the arguments I get into. <laughs> And this is Bruce Manchester, Lucille. This is Lucille Baxter. How do you do? Hello, Miss Baxter. Bruce, why don't you and Lucille sit over here on the couch? Well, that's a good idea. Sit right here, Lucille. Thanks. And Bruce, uh, you sit here on, on the other side of me. I understand you're quite a sportsman, Mr. Manchester. Oh, well, yes, Bruce I, uh... is quite a sportsman. Hunting, fishing. Of course, we married men don't get to do things like that. You know how marriage is. It ties you down. Uh, Lucille, don't you do a little hunting? Just a little. I'm not very good at it. Nobody's ever taken the trouble to teach me. Well, Miss Baxter, uh, I... Hey, Bruce. Uh... <laughs> yes? Uh, 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 shot any good animals lately? <laughs> Not lately. The hunting season just opened. I imagine it's a lot of bother teaching a woman how to hunt. Although I'd love to learn. <laughs> I'd be only too glad uh, say, to Bruce, you. Say, uh, Bruce, Bruce, uh, remember Jim Marshall? Uh, Jim Marshall... Oh, sure, Oz. Uh, as I said, Miss Baxter, if you're a great you guy, really like a great guy. I'll be stop interrupting. Oh, was I interrupting? I'm sorry. Uh, what were you saying about Jim Marshall, Bruce? Well, I was just... Uh, I was just saying that... I wasn't saying anything about Jim Marshall. Jim Marshall? Oh, a great guy. He's married now, all settled down. Children, a wife, kids, all tied down. Dear, dinner's nearly ready. Don't you want to go upstairs and get your coat and tie on? Oh, Harriet, stop nagging. Well, you know I always dress like this at home That's the way it goes, Bruce When you're first married, you dress up But after a while, you learn to relax What with helping cook meals Wash dishes, clean house And look after the children You get your good clothes pretty messed up uh, Those hunting trips of yours They must be pretty exciting, Bruce Oh, oh fairly so, Harry. I don't imagine you'd like a woman alone on a hunting trip Oh, no They probably just get in the way Oh, certainly Oh, no, no As a matter of fact, most of the fellows are married They bring no. their wives along The women do the cooking Well, it's very no. nice I know, but poor little old me would only get in the way <laughs> Speaking of the old gang, Bruce, remember Larry Scott? Poor Larry. Something happened to him? He's up there now, Bruce. Larry died? Uh, no, he and his wife are living above a garage. <laughs> Places are so hard to find now. There's a big housing shortage. Couples are living in tents and trailers. You mean you actually don't mind having a wife? Oh, Not at all. In fact, it gets pretty lonesome for me. I'm the only bachelor in the crowd. Oh, well, poor little you. Yeah, a lot of young married people <laughs> living in piano crates or boxcars, a big housing shortage. Oh, dear, I smell something burning. I think it's my roast. Pardon me. Home-cooked meals, the joys of marriage. Home-burned meals is more nearly the truth. It happens all the time. Personally, I like meat well done. It gives it a nice woodsy sort of flavor. Uh, well, we might just as well go into dinner. When you smell it burning, you know it's ready. <laughs> Everything all right, Harriet? Oh, I hope so. I'm afraid the meat's going to be pretty well done. I caught it just in time. 
Come on in, folks. You won't have to coax me, Harriet. I haven't had a good home-cooked meal in ages. Well, don't be afraid to eat, Bruce. There's plenty of everything. What's that old quotation about eating a hearty meal? The condemned man... Never mind, dear. (laughs) Would you like more of anything, anybody? How about you, Bruce? Oh, no, thanks, Harriet. I've had plenty. It was wonderful. I can't understand how the meat got burned. I'm sure somebody must have turned up the heat on the oven. Oh, Harriet, you burn the meat now and then. It happens in every marriage. I didn't even notice it myself. I guess I'm getting used to it. Oh, the meat was fine, Harriet. Oh, yes, it was, dear. A little black and crisp, but very tasty. You're burning it much better now. (laughs) Shall we go into the living room? It might be more comfortable. Oh, fine. Allow me, Lucille. I'd better go in and close the windows. We have very noisy neighbors. A man and his wife, a married couple, always fighting and shouting at each other. Very noisy neighbors. The Thornberrys? Well, Ozzie, we couldn't possibly have nicer neighbors. I know, Harriet, but, but sometimes they can be very noisy neighbors. I'll get it. That's probably Thorny now. How do you know? He always knows. Yeah, I know his buzz, dear. Oh, pardon me. Darn you, Thorny, you missed your cue. Well, Thorny, come in. I couldn't help it. You didn't talk loud enough. Well, thank you, Oz. Very well, shout. Come on into the living room. Hello, Thorny. This is Mr. Manchester and Miss Baxter. This is our neighbor, Mr. Thornberry. How do you do, Mr. Thornberry? Hello. A pleasure. I just stopped in to see if I could borrow Ozzy's sleeping bag. A sleeping bag? You going camping, Thorny? No, my wife's brother's staying with us. <laughs> He's got my room, so I'm sleeping out in the backyard. Out in the backyard? Oh, it's, it's not so bad. He's only staying for six or seven weeks. <laughs> It does get a little tough when the snow comes, though. <laughs> oh, those in-laws will visit. It happens in every marriage. Couldn't you sleep on the couch, Mr. Thornberry? Mm. Oh, yes. I, I get the couch when my father-in-law leaves. <laughs> There's married life for you. My sleeping bag's out in the garage, Thorny. You're welcome to it. Bless you, Oz. <laughs> Wouldn't you like something to eat before you go, Thorny? Maybe a big slice of ham or a piece of bologna? Uh, no, thanks, Harriet. I, I really have to go. I've stayed too long now. It'll mean a beating when I get home. Good night. He was kidding, wasn't he, Harriet? Oh, of course no, he, he was. Uh-huh. Uh, Lucille, didn't you say something about having to get home early? Well, I'm sure Bruce wouldn't mind dropping you off. Oh, no, I wouldn't mind at all. I'll get my coat. Don't be silly, I wouldn't think of it. Lucille lives way on the other side of town, the the southern part. Harriet and I can drive her home. I like to drive anyway. I like to drive, too. I love to drive. Oh, Bruce, always the gentleman. I am not a gentleman. I mean, uh... (laughs) Don't be silly, Bruce. Harriet and I are only too happy to take her home. I'll get my coat. I wish Ozzie wouldn't, Harriet. I can easily take the bus. I don't know why I can't drive you home. Okay, already. Harriet, if you'll... Hey. Well, that's funny. Harriet, did you see the car keys? Well, no, dear. Don't you have them? Well, I left them right here on the table, but they're gone. Oh, that's a pity. Well, I guess you'll just have to let me take you home, Lucille. If you're sure it won't be too much trouble, Brucey. No trouble at all. <laughs> well, I hate to rush off like this, but if Lucille has to go... Oh, go right ahead. Call me tomorrow, Lucille. Uh, you want me to ride out with you, Bruce? Oh, there wouldn't be room, Ozzy. I've got a lot of stuff in the back. Uh, seats and things. <laughs> Thanks for the dinner, Harriet. Ozzie. Good night, all. Good night. Good night, night. Bruce. Ozzie? Yes, dear? 
Don't you speak to me, you wretch. What did I do? What did you do? What didn't you do? You did just about everything possible to discourage them. Well, I just wanted to make sure the guy had his eyes open. Oh, aren't you ashamed? could you see how well they hit it off right from the start? Sure, I could see that. Then why'd you go ahead with your scheme? Well, it was too late to call it off. I wanted to. Why did you insist that we take Lucille home? Well... If you hadn't lost your car keys, you'd have spoiled the whole thing. Oh, Harriet, you don't really think the car keys were lost, do you? You said they were. You mean you didn't even suspect that I had them right in my pocket? Uh-huh. Now who's the matchmaker? You could have fooled me. Well, I'm kind of sentimental, I guess. My mind works in strange ways. <laughs> yours not to wonder why, yours but to do and die. Yeah, that's a very good idea. What is? What you just said. I'll do the dishes and you dry. <laughs> Coming. Who in the world could be ringing the doorbell at this hour of the night? Bruce! Oh, uh, did I wake you folks up? No, 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 Bruce. That's okay. On the contrary, everything's perfect. I came back for several reasons. Uh, first of all, Harriet, I want to thank you for introducing me to Lucille. There's a wonderful girl. Bruce, you ran away and got married. Uh, well, not quite. <laughs> but it's going to happen very, very soon, and I wanted you to be the first to know about it. Well, there's nothing like it, Bruce. Congratulations. I see you're both sleepy. I wanted to thank you, but, well, I wouldn't have stopped this time of the morning just for that purpose. Uh, I uh, hope you won't be sore, Oz. Uh, sore about what? Well, I guess I accidentally put them in my pocket. <laughs> Here are your car keys. <laughs> Ozzie Nelson. Uh, uh, well, good night. I've got to get back to the club. Good night, Bruce. Good night, Bruce. <laughs> Say, Bruce, Bruce. Uh, oh, Ozzie. Did the door close on you? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the wind, uh, that is... Uh, I think I'll stay down at the Elks Club, too, tonight. <laughs> Ozzy and Harriet will be back in just a moment. Well, Ozzy did his darndest, but nothing could keep Lucy and Bruce apart, I guess. They're just like metal and a magnet. Like cheese and a mouse. Like a woman and 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate. Oh, if you just waited a minute, Mr. Smith, I would have said that myself. You would? Uh-huh. Yesterday, I put on my hat, walked down Rogers Road, went into Mr. Jonathan's silverware store, and found the love of my life. A 52-piece chest of 1847 Rogers Brothers. Golly, we were made for each other. Why, sure. That's the way every woman feels about 1847 Rogers Brothers. Mmm, those patterns. Adoration, eternally yours, first love and remembrance. They're really beautiful, aren't they? And they're designed to suit every taste, every scheme of decoration. Mmm, the price is right, too. My 52-piece silver chest with eight place settings in it cost me under $65. Well, that's the wonderful thing about 1847 Rogers Brothers. The craftsmanship is so incomparable, and yet the price is so reasonable. In fact, 
1847 hasn't gone up a penny since 1945. Don't you think everybody ought to see 1847 Rogers Brothers tomorrow? That I do. Everybody, go see 1847 Rogers Brothers tomorrow. The finest silver plate in America. Come in, Thorny. Hi, Oz. Uh, Harriet, I want Oh, it's all right, Thorny. You're forgiven. Sit down, Thorny. Have some breakfast? Uh, No, Oz. I, uh, I came over about your sleeping bag. Oh, well, just put it back in the garage, Thorny. Well, I was wondering if I could borrow it for a while. My brother-in-law came to stay with us today. (laughs) Tune in again next week to another adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember... America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Yes, Harriet, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were John Brown, Janet Waldo, Henry Blair, Tommy Bernard, Doreen Tuttle, and Donald Woods. Original music was composed and conducted by Billy May. This program originates in the Hollywood studios of the National Broadcasting Company and is also broadcast over the Trans-Canada Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is Vern Smith speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.